My cousin Mia and I grew up just outside of the southern gate of Yosemite National Park. Yosemite sees an average of 4 million visitors each year from all over the world, which in turn attracts visitors all over the Sierra National Forest where Yosemite lies. More than 1,500 deaths have occurred in Yosemite since 1851. Serious death of a family near Yosemite National Park. A hiker who was with another person fell to his death during a thunderstorm Monday afternoon. He fell from the cables on Half Dome. The reason there's cables there in the first place is because it is too steep for uh, most people to climb. After days of investigation and an autopsy, the cause is still unknown. This morning, an urgent search for clues in the mysterious death of a Northern California family near Yosemite National Park. For locals, hearing the news of deaths, disappearances, and other mysterious events happening in and near the park is something that is all too familiar. In the busy months, it seems like stories pop up online on a weekly basis. Why do we see so many deaths, disappearances, and strange occurrences in Yosemite? Is it because Yosemite attracts daredevils, quite literally living on the edge? Are visitors just ill-equipped for the dangers that lie ahead? Or is there something else going on in the midst of a forest that holds so much history, energy, and emotion? These are stories from the place we call home. One of the world's most wondrous natural attractions, Yosemite. You are listening to On the Ledge, Mysteries in Yosemite. Hey everybody, welcome back to On the Ledge podcast. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for <laughs> continuing to tune in. Yes, this is our fourth episode, I believe. Yep. Um, it's a nice, crisp fall evening. I started three days ago. I'm actually on a Halloween movie streak, nightly movie streak. And three days ago, judge me if you want, <laughs> I started with, uh, this was on, yeah, one of them, my streaming apps. Um, I started with Halloween Town. Halloween Town 2 was the next night. Uh-huh. Alvar's Revenge. And then and what's then tonight? Last night, well, last oh. night I watched Halloween Town High. <laughs> That's the worst one. Um, there's actually one more Halloween Town, but I couldn't, I couldn't do another one. So tonight was Casper, the friendly ghost, but I did not get to finish it. So I have to say that our um, taste in movies scary movies or halloween movies is pretty different because i think you should watch scream but that doesn't sound like it fits in with those well, movies I'm doing, i keep telling people i'm doing like the family nostalgic halloween halloween movies i'm doing halloween town i'm doing hocus pocus casper i i still think you need classics. to see scream that is a classic classic halloween I'm movie i've sure seen it when i was a kid but so yeah you went to Yosemite over the weekend. How was I that? did. I hadn't I haven't been back since COVID because the reservations were so crazy. You had to actually make reservations a month in advance, and I feel like people around this area kind of just go to Yosemite on a whim. So, that wasn't something that we did. Um, but it was the best weather ever. It was so beautiful. I'm jealous. Was there any snow on the ground at all? No, but the uh, snow was coming in the next night. So it was just like a crisp fall day. And we went to 
Um, we did the Yosemite uh, Falls hike and then, which we didn't go all the way to the top because that's like eight miles or something. But, um, and then we also went to the Awani Hotel, which we always stop by. And there was a women in Yosemite exhibit going on, which was super interesting. That's so cool. Yeah. And you sent me some photos, I think. Uh-huh. And we also learned that my sister's name is Claire Marie and the first female park ranger in Yosemite was named Claire Marie. right super cool so and my sister doesn't have a my parents said there was never a reason for her name so now she's claiming that she was named after the first park ranger support for on the ledge is brought to you by manscaped manscaped is the best in below the waist grooming and hygiene ladies listen up manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 you heard that right the 4.0 Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so why not trust it for your man too? The first thing that stood out to me about their product is the quality. I wanted to mention my husband has actually used their products before. And it's funny because in the past, there's no way in heck I would let him like leave that stuff like out on the counter. But the lawnmower 4.0, it comes with a little stand and it's so sleek, like it really wouldn't bother me. It's very aesthetically pleasing. And all we know is the men in our family are going to be getting some male grooming tools for Christmas. Yep. Stocking stuffers galore. You guys have to go onto their website and see what they have. They have body wash. They have cologne. They have a nail trimmer, a nail grooming kit too. Literally all the fun stuff. Ladies, let's be honest. If you're still allowing the men in your life to shave their face and body with the same trimmer, you're doing it wrong. With this exclusive offer, you can give him the right tools for the job. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THELEDGE20 at manscaped.com. So before we get started with our story for the day, I'm just going to give some Gabby updates. There's not that many. There's um, one really important one, but um, our the Facebook group is still blowing up. Um, so recently, unfortunately dog has given up a search for brian yeah he i guess he sprained his ankle or something during the search and and had to go back to his doctor or something yeah i saw that and then um so the biggest thing about updates recently is there was a press conference yesterday i believe right or was that tuesday no wednesday it's Wednesday today. <laughs> Tuesday, there was a press conference and they released Gabby's cause of death. Yes. Which was strangulation, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it looks really, I mean, it already looked bad for Ryan, but it looks super bad for him now because strangulation takes, it can take almost 10 minutes to complete. It's not like he hit her too hard on accident and killed her. He had... A lot of time to think about doing it while he was doing it so that is really really sad and that's the last update we have on her and then brian's sister cassie was um interviewed and she basically said that she loved gabby like a sister her kids loved her and she doesn't know why her parents aren't coming forward with more information and that the camping trip she also talked about the camping trip and said uh, basically that everything seemed super normal. It wasn't a, a farewell trip. It was, um, he didn't even know about Gabby at the, or she didn't know about Gabby at that time. So, um, yeah, she basically, uh, cleared her name, which isn't bad, but 
she said she has no idea what's going on. So, and someone brought up in the Facebook group, um, the no service in Yosemite text again, that that for was, sure was not her. No, was it not was Gabby. Definitely him trying to throw them off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I am ready for a good story, Tay. I kind of know about this one um, a little bit, but Taylor dove into some things that I haven't heard about. So I'm really excited. So the story we are discussing today is the mysterious disappearance of Sandra Johnson Hughes. Sandra Johnson Hughes, age 54, was last seen on 4th of July weekend in the Sierra National Forest in an area called Johnson Meadows. Okay, stop right there. (laughs) I know. When I saw this, I was like, wait, that's so weird. So she's Johnson Hughes and then Johnson Meadows. Was the last place she was seen was Johnson Meadows. It's spelled differently, but still very weird. This missing persons case has attracted some worldwide attention because although pretty massive search efforts have taken place, she still has not been found. And there are some details relating to the case that some would consider to be very strange. Well, it's it's not that crazy to us because people, again, go missing in this area all the time. That's what we talked about on the first episode that um just this news that's this local news that seems normal to us that happens so often is then put out on a national stage yeah just a little background on sandra like i stated before she was 54 years old when she went missing a little over a year ago she is only five feet three inches tall and 150 pounds brown eyes brown hair that goes about her shoulder but her hair was dyed blue Sandra had just moved from Hawaii to California and was on a solo camping trip. The last place Sandra was reported to be seen on July 4th is a place called Johnson Meadow, which I had said earlier, about 30 miles northeast of Bass Lake and about 40 miles driving from Yosemite. However, as a crow flies, it's a lot closer at proximity. I was looking on a map because I'm not really familiar with this area. I'm familiar with Bayshore Meadows. Um which is a little southwest of this area, I believe. To me, it looks like it's right in the middle of Bass Lake and Mammoth Pools Reservoir with about 30 or 40 minutes driving between the two mm-hmm. um, with it right in the middle. Because this was a holiday weekend, COVID or not, this tends to be an extremely busy weekend in the mountain area. Oh my so, gosh. Fourth of July at Bass Lake is the craziest thing ever. It's so this, dangerous too. Um perhaps even busier as people were looking for alternative social distancing compliant ways to spend the weekend with their friends and family. For sure. So most likely because of the influx of people in the area that weekend, she actually was spotted by other hikers. I didn't know that. That were in the area. The hikers that had spotted her on July 4th reported her being barefoot and having a bruise on her face. What? Yeah. This is all new to me. They said that, of course, they had offered her help, but she declined their help or any medical assistance. Okay, that, wow. I'm assuming it's one of those things where, uh, kind of like we've talked about this type of scenario before, people saw her and then days later they saw the missing person report and Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, that's the woman we saw. Mm -hmm. They didn't know she was missing at the time or else they would have reported it right away you know what i'm saying they wouldn't have left her oh okay yeah i get what you're saying and what day was she reported missing somewhere between like june 26th and july 4th okay reported missing 
On July 5th, it was reported that her campsite had been found. Sandra's niece, Haley, um, she lives out of state, reported in a Facebook post that the campsite was in, in a very odd state when it was found. According to her niece, Sandra would keep her sites very neat and organized, but the way this campsite was found was quite the opposite. It looked very disheveled with belongings and stuff thrown about. She also stated that the way the campsite was found was very unlike her aunt. She would never leave her campsite a mess. Even a piece of litter would bother her, she said. Hmm. And also, in reading this, they actu- the way they actually found her relative's contact information mm-hmm. was um, they found this binder at the campsite where she literally had all organized all of her emergency contacts and like her family's phone numbers and emails like were all in this binder. According to her family, they believe she was planning to hike towards Yosemite, but she seems to have abandoned her belongings and she was walking barefoot. So my thought was, why would she abandon her gear? She just wanted to be completely off grid. I don't know. The barefoot thing is weird. You would still have gear with you, Mm -hmm. not barefoot with nothing. Um, So in addition, on the same day of July 5th, the authorities located Sandra's silver car in Chiquito Creek to the north of the campsite. They said it appeared to have crashed into a tree at a speed of less than 20 miles per hour before rolling into a ravine. So my thought was, did she crash? And also the bruise that the hikers Interesting, yeah. saw on her face, was it from this crash? Also, the 20 miles per hour thing is a big... Okay, so you kind of recently were in a fender bender. Wait, which, which I don't one? Know. You, I'm just wondering, oh. like, would that have bruised her face? I'm wondering, Not at 20 miles an hour. Okay, I don't I'm think so. Um, it didn't say, but maybe the airbag deployed and it hit her in the face. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did someone else crash that or did she crash it as a cover up? Officers and volunteers from more than half a dozen other sheriff's departments together, which was very crazy to me. Um, their dog teams, the California Highway Patrol and the Governor's Office of Emergency Services combed the forest in that area and helicopters from the California Air National Guard did an aerial search as well. The search focused on that area where the car was found, but no sign of Sandra. I, okay. So the aerial searches I think are really cool and, um, the technology they use is, advanced and fascinating but i just don't understand how a helicopter could even see anything someone could be sitting on someone could not be trying to hide and they wouldn't be seen you know what i'm saying okay i actually have a story of my own that kind of goes off of that search thing because so sorry this is a little bit of a tangent but um this last year a um, elderly woman went missing in my um, area and just down the street from me. So I live in a, I live in a kind of foothilly area and the, all of the neighbors, the entire community was out looking for this woman as well as a helicopter was above searching, searching. And where I live is not very densely covered in trees like Johnson Meadow area. It's not like that. Um, it's more oak trees instead of tons of pine trees. But anyways, um, she was actually about 150 yards from her house, but she was under a tree. And so we couldn't, 
they couldn't see her from there is impossible to see her from a helicopter so that just reminded me of this because i think you would have to use the what's it called the heat signature tracing to get anywhere with that so the following weeks the search that was led by madera county sheriff's office they continued to focus on that chiquito lake area where her car was found um what was that 72 hour rule we were talking about earlier? Mm, it's when someone goes missing after a certain point. It's either 48 hours or 72 hours. The likelihood of finding them alive goes down exponentially. It wasn't looking good at that point. But then there was another possible sighting over a month later. What? Yes. So on Sunday, August 9th of 2020, two hunters saw a woman leaning against a tree along road 5s01 that's a fire road i know where that is near bayshore road okay and this is an area we're more familiar with mm-hmm. um well it's off of bayshore road well chiquito creek is off of bayshore road yeah we pass this all the time and we grew up in this area um yeah we have a cabin up in this area so um it, it also says near portuguese overlook they reported she did not wave them down attempt contact or appear distressed Upon returning, they recognized her from a missing persons flyer and contacted the authorities. She appears to be visibly thinner than her last known photos. So these people, it wasn't super detailed, but Mm -hmm. these hunters saw, uh, they saw her and then uh, she didn't look in distress. And then they referred back to the photo, I guess, when they got home and they thought it was her. Oh my gosh. So do you know if they started a search in that area? I believe it's the same area. So my questions were, did Sandra somehow crash her vehicle and then become confused and disoriented and walk into the wilderness? So what do you think? I I don't know. I kind of think that I don't want to say if, if she was in danger or something, if something bad really did happen to her, I wouldn't want to say that, oh, she's just, you know, she's just going on this trek by herself. Because I feel like that's kind of insensitive. But I feel like it could definitely be possible with her background. And then the double sighting. Um, I think if it was just one sighting, it would be questionable. But the fact that it's believed that she was seen twice and she wasn't asking for help. um, Part of me thinks that. It's into the wild scenario. So kind of going with what you said, what caused her campsite to be thrown into disarray? So maybe that it was what you said something mm-hmm. happened to her and then she drove the car into the ditch. I don't know. And also there was nothing. Um, when I was reading that said like they thought an animal might have like it, there was nothing with animals. Yeah. But then even if an animal got into her campsite, that doesn't tell us been, why she, why she crashed. Into- oh, yeah. But like I said, we don't know what happened first. Did yeah. she crash and then Go to her. I think it's more like her that happened to the camps. Something occurred at the campsite. Mm-hmm. She tried to leave and then crashed. That's what I think. The trail of breadcrumbs also that she, per, I mean, maybe not she, but the fact that her information was just left on the ground, kind of like that. Yeah. This is me that I'm I'm missing or whatever. You know, kind of convenient. But hold on. There's more to this story. Ah, I knew that was coming. As mysterious as the story of Sandra's disappearance is, 
there is more to the story. A little over a year later, an unexpected spooky twist occurs in this story. In July of 2020, a family from Corskull, California experienced a strange ghost-like sighting in the Madera County mountains, prompting the Madera County Sheriff's Office to investigate further. So this is totally relevant to Halloween season because uh-huh. this is a ghost story. On this summer day, a young couple and their three kids decided to take their four-wheeler up to Shuddai Peak on Wednesday. The family stopped to eat lunch, and that's when the couple's three-year-old son began talking to someone. So huh. I've been yeah. to Shuddai Peak quite a bit. I was going to say, this is yeah. also a turnoff that you take off of that Bayshore Road. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, you can see Shuddai Peak from um, Bayshore Road, though, and it's a big four-wheeling destination. The mother of the boy stated, he was just in our car and he was pointing out to a certain spot in the meadow. The boy told his parents there was a woman lying face down with her legs straight up in the air nearby in the meadow. He explained that the woman was unable to speak or move and needed help. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, So lying face down with the Okay, I was trying to visualize this in my head. Yeah. Face down with legs up. Well, I guess you can do that. Like, if your knees are bent. Face down with legs up. Or, wait. If your knees are bent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if my kid said that to me, I would be thoroughly freaked out already. Already. Kids see ghosts. And there's more. And that already freaks me out. What are you going to do if someday Tatum tells you, like, Mom, do you see that person over there? What do you think your reaction would be? Not say anything. I'm not (laughs) going to, like, entertain that. But it's what he said next that gave the couple goosebumps. Quoting the couple from an interview published on Fox 26 website, they stated, he flat out told us, Mom, she's dead. She needs our help. (sighs) So scary. The toddler went to describe to his parents the woman in the meadow was wearing a black shirt and she needed their help. Again, she was dead, laying face down with her legs up. The couple went and checked out the meadow, of course, but they saw nothing. They stated, he kept saying, trust me, trust me, mom. Like, would you Uh, believe your kid? I think so. I I think think so too. I'm sorry, but I believe that kids can totally pick up on stuff like that. Well, and again, at the time, they they didn't know mm-hmm. what he was talking about. Like, they they were taking him seriously, like, that he saw an actual in yeah. person. I was actually um, with a family friend not that long ago, and we were talking about ghost stories because of the podcast. And she goes, don't you remember that, that ghost cowboy that you always talked about when you were little? And I go, no. She said, yeah, you would say that this cowboy ghost would always visit your house. That is <laughs> So, kids are so scary. Yeah, yeah, so scary. The family was so spooked by what their three-year-old had shared with them that they decided to end their day early and head home. That's how scared they were. Oh my gosh, I would I be think, scared. I think I would do, do the same. So did they go over to the specific spot and he was like, mom, look, she's right there? I don't, or did she disappear, kind of? She must have disappeared. I, I don't know. It wasn't... Um, that descriptive but i picturing in my head this is what i think maybe they hopped out of the vehicle and left the kids they i'm sure they were in their car seats he pointed out 
When they got home, they posted the eerie occurrence on Facebook to see if anybody knew anything about the area. At the time, they were unaware of any missing persons anywhere in the area. Come to find out, there was a lady missing with the description that matched what the young boy had shared with his parents within a five-mile radius of where they were. So, so we were right. Five miles. That's super close. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know it was that. According to the mother, her three-year-old's detailed description of the woman's hair and clothing was identical to the description of Sandra. He even described her down to her blue hair. Stop. That's... Which, okay, the blue hair. I remember when this was posted on Facebook. I um, do, too. And the dad kind of posted it in a panic, saying kind of, oh, my gosh, this is what we just experienced. Can anybody tell me? anything about this yeah he described her as having a black shirt on with blue jeans and apparently this was the exact description they gave of sandra when she Mm -hmm. was missing they even showed him photos and he was able to point her out in three out of the four photos so they showed him a lineup right and said oh my god i also wait sorry i also heard that the fourth photo that he didn't pick out was because she had straightened hair interesting yeah A Madera County Sheriff Corporal, am I saying that word right, (laughs) who had been involved in the investigation from the beginning, saw the Facebook post and contacted the family to further investigate and actually had them show them exactly where the young boy allegedly saw the woman. Which the dad actually posted photos of the little boy in the um, sheriff's uh, general, basically. A few days later, two Madera County Sheriff's deputies traveled back to the meadow with the father and his son to investigate. The deputies found no new evidence and the case remains open. So they had to take it seriously. Even, I mean, they weren't, they didn't say in this report anything, um, anything alluding to a ghost. Yeah. Uh, But the sheriff, the sheriff did confirm that there was a possible sighting of the woman. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing alluding to a ghost, but they had to take it seriously as if someone did see her in the flesh. Yeah, they treated it like a physical sighting. Because the description was spot on. Have you... I mean, I'd, I've never heard if, of a sheriff following through on something like that before. But that's what I'm saying. They weren't considering no, but I, it a ghost But sighting. even if they... Even if they weren't considering it a ghost sighting, even someone saying, hey, I saw this ghost of this person, maybe because it was a kid. Well, that's the thing is the boy was never saying I saw. Well, he was saying she was dead. The report from the three year old was. I see a woman matching this description out Mm -hmm. in the meadow. And yeah, he didn't know it was a ghost. Nothing to do with ghost. He did Uh not say that. So they took it seriously. Poor little guy. Why we think ghost is they went up there and nothing was there. Mm hmm. The family says they will continue visiting different trails up in the mountains, but there are definitely some spots they won't go or stop at anymore. I mean, yeah, I don't think I would want to go back that way. The, the kid's probably a little bit traumatized from that, I'm guessing. Yeah. Crazy because story. especially saying that she, she's dead. He said she's dead. Yep. He In his mind, he, whether she was there or not, he saw a dead body and this little boy did. Yeah. Yeah um very spooky wow that was a good one that, that was, was a really good one right? that was super good yeah big twist at the end um 
Again, as of right now, the case remains open with no new leads. If you have any information about the disappearance of Sandra Hughes, you can contact the Madera County Sheriff's Office. Are you sweating from that? Because I am. I was on the edge of my seat that whole time. The ledge. Sorry, wait, let me say that again. <laughs> I was on the ledge of my seat the entire time. I was on the ledge of my seat researching this case. Um, Speaking of, we can take this out, but I was thinking, I was like, if if we end up having fans or people that consistently listen, we could call them ledgers. But then I was thinking, Jillian's baby is named Ledger. That is so funny. We take away from baby Ledger. I don't know if we could do that. <laughs> I think she'd like it. <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed that. And next week, we are going to be doing our Halloween special. Yeah, so next week there will be an episode. The Thursday before Halloween. Okay. Yes. So excited for that it's one. Gonna be, it's not, it's not going to be... You're not going to be able to sleep. Yeah. Okay? Like, want some of our listeners to chicken out and think that it's going to be too scary. Because it's not. Like, come on. It it won't be. Um, and some historic stuff. Some, yes. Some... A lot of history. We'll talk a lot about history. And um, follow us on Instagram. Yes. And... But wait. What? Please write us in with some ghost stories. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're disappointing me. I make Mia check our email every day and not one person. You need to have the logins to our email. And I'm... people that I know personally that are like, I'm just going to call you and tell you yeah which i'm like can't you just type it because i want to read it so i do have a couple lined up so okay don't good. think it's going to be a boring episode because okay, i do have a couple lined up but i think it would be exciting to just get something in our inbox uh, yeah we ask every episode but hopefully some of you guys come through we'll give you credit so it should be fun we will definitely give you credit yeah or you can remain anonymous yep so um follow us on instagram give us a review on Apple Podcasts, I think we're at like 17 or 18 reviews, which is cool. That's a lot. I know. Oh, I think we should give a shout out to River. Yes, Rivers. If you guys like our theme music. What is she, what is her artist's name? Is it? Ghost Wi-Fi. Okay, so it is Ghost Wi-Fi. Yeah. So River is like my adopted sister and she so graciously let us use one of her songs, Maybe It's You, for our theme song. And it's pretty catchy. And she is dropping an EP soon. So go ahead and give her a follow and give her some listens too because, yeah. yeah. We love that. And uh-huh. we'll be linking all of her stuff continuously. Yes. And then also another, I talked about him on the first episode, but shout out to Juan Ortiz and Minarets Media because we get to use his lovely equipment. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay, thank you guys. Thanks, for, guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. You just listened to On the Ledge, Mysteries in Yosemite. Fail, but gaining nothing.